My name is John. I also go by Plant Man P and that is my business. The whole purpose of Plant Man P is pretty much where houseplants meet streetwear. And I'm trying to be that bridge between both communities. But when I'm trying to fuse both of them together, there's a disconnect. Like the streetwear people aren't really like engaging with the houseplant content and then vice versa. So what happens when you post something on your social channels? Do you get different reactions from these two different groups? So like say I were to post a photo with houseplants, you know, all around it, the houseplant people will gravitate towards it. But when I post anything with like products or anything like that, the streetwear people gravitate towards it. But there's never no like, you know, in between. Yeah, that seems like a real challenge. Like you mm-hmm. can't make everybody happy, right? I know. <laughs> Can you tell us why is it really important that you figure this out and that you make Plant Man P really work? Plant Man P means so much to me because like I'm using this as an opportunity to provide for my family. And the goal of a business is to, you know, sell products. Mm So I need to figure out how to design for both audiences so that way I can sell product. Yeah, so it's no joke, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. you're living the dream, but now you got to make sure the dream pays the bills, right? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's challenging enough for most small business owners to design engaging content for their audience. But designing for two distinct audiences is, well, it's twice as hard. John needs help figuring out how to speak to two very different types of customers without alienating either one. So let's help John cultivate some new ways to merge two audiences into one. First up, a mentor who has grown a huge following in the world of plant enthusiasts. Yes, plant enthusiasts. And then a designer will help John figure out what to do when one part of your audience is asking for one thing and a different part is asking for something else entirely. I'm Koi Vin, Senior Director of Design at Adobe. And this is Wireframe, Design for Small Business, a special limited series from Adobe Express, a web and mobile app anyone can use to create standout content for any platform. So I'm so curious how you came up with this combination of houseplants and streetwear. Can you tell us that story? So I've always been like in love with like streetwear culture. Just like, wow, these guys are like expressing themselves with their clothes, with their shoes. I picked that up and just started creating my own style with streetwear. And then about four years ago, my fiance and I, we moved into our first apartment together in Koreatown, Los Angeles. And the apartment was just like very grayscale. We had a gray couch gray floors and just everything was just pretty much either gray or white. So one day we're just like looking around and we're like, you know, what can we do to bring color in here? So we went to Home Depot and then we found a plant and literally the way the foliage looked just like drew me in and I was like, okay, I I need this plant. Just (laughs) that first plant pretty much sparked our joy. And then slowly but surely we started like falling in love with just the whole nurturing aspect of it. Okay, so let's take a look at some of the posts that you've got up on Instagram. I'm looking at your feed now. There's lots of greens, lots of earthy plant-based colors. You've got a ton of product there as well. Mm -hmm. So which of these posts would you say work well for the streetwear crowd? And which are the ones that are working well for the houseplants crowd? Yeah, so the streetwear community is more so used to like studio photos, studio lighting, just product-focused photos. And then uh, say I would go to like a local nursery or like a plant shop and I would take photos there. The houseplant community eats that up. But like the streetwear community is just like more like, I don't know if they think it's too busy or too much going on. So as you start thinking about how you can change up the content that you produce, what are your biggest worries and insecurities? 
say I make this design and I think it's like the coolest design I've ever made or whatever, but are people actually going to want it? And then what's crazy is when I post, like, say I do go through with the design that I don't think people are going to like, that turns out to be the design that people love. So it's just so weird. Yeah. Is this going to be too much for the houseplant community? Is this going to be too much for the streetwear community? Things like that. Just thoughts in my head. Well, John, you're here. We're going to help you figure this out. You ready to get started? Let's go. A core principle of good design is that when you try to please more than one customer at a time, you end up pleasing neither of them. John seems stuck between two worlds. So he needs to connect with someone who has succeeded in engaging different audiences all at once and making it look uniquely his own. You have these two broad communities. Your streetwear community don't really rock with plants unless you're talking about ones that you can roll up. (laughs) Um, And I don't know how many in the plant community rock streetwear. Right, exactly. You know what I'm saying? You've given yourself a difficult bag to carry. Mm -hmm. Hilton Carter is a plant stylist who has grown a strong community around his plant business. Frankly, he's a bit of a superstar in the plant world, a person that John really looks up to. But Hilton is also an interior designer, so he knows what it's like to have two audiences. So when it came to trying to structure my business as a interior stylist and then becoming a plant stylist, it was all about trying to figure out exactly who are the people that I'm actually talking to. It was all about what's going to grab the attention of the audience scrolling on this app. Right. John, I'll tell you this. I've done many audits of my own accounts. I do them quarterly, honestly, to see what has been working and what hasn't been working. I did an audit back in the day and I realized that for me, whatever I was going to post, every image would have a plant in it somewhere. Mm -hmm. That would be my through line. Right. I started by trying to figure out exactly what I vibed with. Right. So some of the bigger accounts that I followed, what I did was I took a look at them and I tried to figure out what was it that made me one follow them and what makes these accounts so special to me. I'm gonna date myself on this. You gotta head to a Supreme. Oh no, a Supreme is still there, man. Yeah, okay, okay. You gotta go to <laughs> you gotta go to Supreme's page and you gotta look there and go, what here makes me like comment? Mm-hmm. And why did that do that? Why did it get you excited? Break it down. Strip the whole post down to what it really is. Mm -hmm. What is happening in that caption? What's happening with those hashtags? Mm -hmm. What's happening in the color palette? Because I'm sure their page has a color theme. And then try to pull all that stuff, box it up, and then take all those lessons that you learned from that post or those other posts and then apply them to your post. Mm -hmm. Because those are your people. So have you seen your communities, whether the plant side or the streetwear side, Mm kind of come together because of you? Mm -hmm. So like, that's a huge thing. We had a pop up at a coffee shop and it was like just people of all walks of life, like just people that I wouldn't think of hanging out with until like we actually hung out. And it's like, wow, like that is beautiful to me. So it's pretty dope to see that. I love it. I love it. It's a great thing to be authentically you Mm -hmm. when it comes to social media, for sure. I think the important thing here would be to really try to use yourself as your audience. Ah. You are the icon of your demographic. Mm -hmm. Like, you are it. You are plant man and streetwear man at the exact same time, (laughs) right? So the fact that 
you're having this struggle, you have to think about anyone that is like you, like yourself. It's literally look in the mirror, <laughs> use yourself as that individual. I tell you, man, it's been five years of me consistently thinking about how Instagram and social works and always thinking that I need to rework something. And what came easier for me was to make sure that I was giving the audience something that they would jive to or be excited about, but was something that I also myself was really into. So never get satisfied with what you're doing. Always feel like there's someone else. There's a plant man C who's, <laughs> who is out there right now trying to creep into your space. So stay hungry for sure. Stay genuine. Put that energy out there consistently and all of the energy, the time that you put out there, that stuff will come right back to you. So you always get back for sure. So, John, just stay true to yourself, dude. Mm-hmm. So, John, what was it like hearing that advice from Hilton? I know you've mentioned that you're such a big fan of his work. Yeah, it was almost like talking to Michael Jordan, pretty much. Like, it was just like, <laughs> wow. Like, before all this started, he was just basically like the blueprint of what is possible for houseplants and, you know, people that look like him and myself. So, it was super dope. What did you think about the part where he talked about you being true to yourself, that you are the exact person that you're trying to build this brand for? Sometimes you have these thoughts and you think these thoughts, but when somebody says it to you, it hits different because it's not only coming from your mind, it's coming from someone else's. And I was just, it was almost like a therapy session. I was just like, oh, like, wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I never thought about it that way. (laughs) Speaking with him just opened my mind to understanding that, you know, I'm pretty much in control. Like when Hilton Carter posts, like you can automatically know that it's a Hilton Carter post without even looking at his handle. I want people look at a Plant Man P post and know it's Plant Man P without even looking at the handle. So I can't wait to see when I do put these ideas into play, like what will happen. Hilton's ideas have planted a seed, but the crossover between plants and streetwear isn't quite as organic as plants and interior design. John still needs to figure out how his two interests can play well together. And that's where Kyle Webster can help. Kyle is an illustrator, designer, and a colleague of mine here at Adobe. I think what John is trying to create here is exciting because it's a brand new audience. And anytime you have an opportunity to do something like that, you're going to get people excited because they haven't seen it before. And that for me as a designer is a pretty cool thing to do. Kyle, you've actually had some experience designing streetwear, right? Yeah, that's right. I worked with The Hundreds on a limited series of t-shirts for uh, Bobby there. And I was kind of shocked when he first contacted me because I thought, oh, I don't make the kind of art that maybe would appeal to his audience. And I didn't realize that really what Bobby wanted to do constantly was just make stuff that he was interested in, different styles, different approaches. And that was sort of what he wanted the brand to be. And turns out they were really successful and sold out really fast. I just wish that I had one of the shirts myself. (laughs) I did not (laughs) get one. Wow. (laughs) So first of all, I have Bobby's book right here. So that's incredible to hear. Like The Hundreds is actually one of the first brands that I saw. And I was like, wow, what is this? Uh, John, that was not planned. Uh, It's definitely not why Koi reached out to me. You were chosen. (laughs) Yeah, like it just happened that way. So that's really cool. 
That's dope. All right, so now that you've worked with The Hundreds, which is like one of the biggest streetwear brands, I'm pretty sure you can help me with this. So what do I do? I want to start with this idea about you trying to please these two audiences. And I think there's a possibility that you're actually not really fully going for it either way. You're kind of playing it safe. Is that a pretty safe assumption to make? On the money. On the money. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) It occurred to me as I was listening to the conversation you had with Hilton, are you really designing for yourself when you're designing the collections and thinking about your posts on social? Or are you always in the back of your mind thinking more about the people who are going to see it and how they might react, like sort of predicting the future? So I would say it's like 50-50. Like originally when I first go into a design, the first thing I'm thinking is, will I wear this? And then I think like once I'm done with the design, I'm looking back and I'm just like, all right, who's going to actually buy this? I guess that's when, you know, that 50% comes into play. Interesting. Do you think it would be possible to push yourself to go maybe 75, 25 (laughs) as a start with the messaging, with the themes, everything? Because it's going to be even more true to you Mm -hmm. and the things that excite you and get you going in the morning. Okay, definitely. Another thought I had, is it easier to design a streetwear brand for people who love streetwear and then kind of introduce them to this idea of also getting into plants or reach out to the plant community and make them care about streetwear? That's a great question. I think it would be easier to do the streetwear aspect because like, that's my first thing. Why the hell haven't I thought about that? Like (laughs) just creating a streetwear brand that like sprinkles in houseplants. Like, wow. (laughs) Wow. That's great to hear. And that's where I was hoping you were going to go with that answer because I was thinking the same thing that with as much as you know about plants, streetwear is really at the core of all of this. Exactly. I'm sure you could come up with a lot of ways to retain actually quite a big portion of that plant audience simply by including some of that plant love in. But if you're really going for that streetwear community, that's your target audience and you're introducing them to your love of plants through that. I think that could be an avenue for success there. Yeah, I really like that. And I saw you writing it down, John. Yeah. I think that was a really important moment. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, because there's no other company like that. Right. Instead of trying to be two different companies, try to be one company that's incredibly unique. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about that, too, is then what you're doing is you're creating a niche for yourself. And I think that always has a cool factor to it right there. Sometimes when you think about a niche, you think, well, that's small. But remember, like now in this internet age, basically your audience is global. What I hope this does for you is free you up on the design side to get a bit more experimental so you don't feel so locked in stylistically Mm -hmm. to a a thing that you think has to sort of appeal to that plant audience equally to the streetwear. Because when you look at streetwear, I mean, it's kind of all over the place. I sometimes think that consistency can be like handcuffs almost where you're like, well, this isn't like the thing I did last week. So are people still going to like what I do? Right. If you have a consistency in the message or the theme of what your brand is, that frees you up and gives you permission to experiment with the visual style. Mm -hmm. Because you can do all kinds of crazy designs as long as there's still at the core of it, this message of like plant man pee. Mm -hmm. So Kyle, How does John make sure that those themes are consistent? There are a lot of simple ways to do it from a design point of view. It could be literally a single color that winds up showing up 
in all the designs doesn't mean it's the only color. It could be something as simple as an icon. That P, yeah. that logo could be appearing somewhere. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not the kind of thing you have to overthink. Something that I like to do in my designs is like, say I created a little leaf. I like to continuously use those things gradually. But like, you know, subconsciously, I want people to be like, oh, shit, that's the leaf that he used from design, whatever. That's exactly the kind of thing that I'm talking about. And I think that's all you need sometimes. You're kind of building this sort of brand vocabulary. It's images that the people who know, know. So like a year from now, it's going to be like, oh, I recognize that leaf shape or that whatever it is. Yeah. And a lot of times you talk about message, you could be literal. It could actually be a message. It could be a written phrase that just shows up all the time. Like you have a tagline, Mm -hmm. you know, that people are just like, oh yeah, that's the plant man pee. Oxygen for the streets. Whoa. Yeah, write that down. (laughs) (laughs) I would just double check to make sure Kyle didn't trademark that ahead of time. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) I think experimentations can be a huge part of figuring out how you make this brand find its own voice. If you're trying to experiment for the sake of experimentation and you try things that don't really feel like they are who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that could be risky. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if it's coming from a place of like sincere appreciation and love on your part, whether it's music or art or anything, then I think it's authentic, it's real, and that's always a good thing. Mm -hmm. So John, what are some of the things that you think are uniquely, authentically you that you can bring in here and help flesh out this identity for Plant Man P? I guess, you know, like something I've been really like in love with recently is like 1960s, 1970s, like advertisements, vintage posters with like, you know, grungy filters and mm-hmm. like, it's so wild, but I love it. Like who was designing these things? And like, mm-hmm. man, like these people took risk and, you know, just made this happen because this is what they wanted to do. So I think if I play my cards right, that can be like the signature advertisement for Plant Man P. Yeah. I mean, what you're talking about there, this mix of the streetwear sensibility in a sort of retro modernist setting with an emphasis on plants. Nobody else in the world has that, (laughs) right? (laughs) If you put it out there, you'll own it. John, I think your audience is ready for this kind of work. And that just gives you permission now to keep going and experiment and go for it. Try new things and grow. You know, just hearing you say that is pretty inspiring. And like, just again, to talk about that 50-50, I think it is not even time to do that 75-25. I think it's time to do 100% because like, I need to stop, you know, getting in my head so much and just go full force. Yeah. So John, we're going to come back in about a week, check in with you then. Mm -hmm. What do you think we're going to see then? As far as like posts, as far as my product shots, instead of thinking about, oh, how is this going to engage the streetwear community or, oh, how is this going to engage the houseplant community? One thing that I really want to focus on is just being free of doubt, of insecurity, of anything else in my head and experiment with all the content going forward. Yeah, I think that's exactly the right thing to focus on, being free, experimenting. And it's going to be really exciting to see how that really kind of blossoms. Thank you. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't get around the plant puns. (laughs) As John allows these new ideas to take root, let's go over some of the advice that we heard from Hilton and Kyle about designing for niche audiences. One, audit your heroes. Take a deep dive into the accounts that you love and look for what they have in common visually. That's going to help you identify your own individual design style. Two, having a niche audience is not a bad thing. In fact, it can be a strength. So figure out what makes your brand's audience unique 
and lean into it as you style your brand's look and feel. And three, consistency is important, but it doesn't mean that every post has to look the same. Experiment with design and content ideas. Who knows, that experimentation might help you find your next big hit. I gave John a week to think through some of these ideas, and then I reached out for an update. A few days after, coincidentally, we had a pop-up. So I went ahead and went to Adobe Express and I created a flyer. Incorporating all of the stuff that I learned, the thing that stuck out the most was pretty much like design for yourself. So I came up with that flyer and I tried to, you know, just incorporate my unique style. So like 50s, 60s, 70s, those type of designs. You know, my key thoughts going into creating this flyer, it was just more so like to feed my design hunger. Like instead of like going into that, like, oh, I need to add this element so people can like it. Or when I post, who's going to like it, which community, you know? Let me check the engagement. Oh my God. Wow, I didn't even know this. The accounts that we did reach are 878. And for the shares on the post, it was 53 shares. So that's quite a bit. So knowing that, especially now that, you know, it did get quite a bit of shares, I think it gives me more confidence to go into my designs and my concepts to think joy first. Like that's what I came into Plant Man P4. And I think like I kind of lost that along the way, trying to cater to both crowds. So I think like now pretty much sat back down in my captain chair and like just understanding like, wow, this is the core root of what Plant Man P is. As always, find links to our guests' work in the episode show notes. I'm Koi Vin, and this is Wireframe, designed for small business, a limited series from Adobe Express, a web and mobile app built to help you create great content from thousands of templates. Head to adobe.com slash express and give it a try. Next time on Wireframe. We were trying to figure out where the sweet spot is. We started this as a passion project. So if we show too much of our background, then we might look way too scrappy. (laughs) Designing a brand that puts the founders front and center. That's next time.